You know, you probably think search engines are looking for keywords, but they're not. They're looking for content, content that your audience wants as well. How does that all come together? Well, that's what we're going to talk about today. Okay, here's the show. Welcome to More Than A Few Words, a marketing conversation for business owners. MTFW is part of the Digital Toolbox, and this is your host, Lorraine Ball. And today we're going to talk about one of my favorite subjects, which is content marketing is fuel for your SEO. And joining me today is Ryan Sullivan. And Ryan is an account exec with Demand Jump, but he also describes himself, and I love this, as a servant leader with strong desire to help others achieve success. He's a lifelong learner, eager to exchange wisdom and add value to others an imperfect husband, a grateful father, and a recovering Ironman athlete aspiring to be a trail runner. Ian, welcome to the show. Hey, Lorraine. Thanks for having me. It is awesome to be with you. Well, it's awesome to have you here. And I have to admit, I'm a little bit intimidated by that recovering Ironman thing. (laughs) I am not. I'm glad to have done that and uh, be focused on other things. Thank you. You know what? I love the idea of having things that you can check off your bucket list and kudos to you to do that. (laughs) Thank you. But today we're going to talk about a different type of marathon, which is SEO and how content marketing really fits into and fuels that. And so let's start with a really basic question. How does the right content really fuel and enhance your SEO? Yeah, that's that's a great question. And the marathons actually are a really good analogy for that. Like modern day marketers understand that the the buying journey is not linear and your content on your website, on your website should speak to every aspect of the buying journey. Um, And so you really want to have a really strong network effect on your website and align your content as much with your, your target audience's search behavior as you can. So as you're thinking about this as as a small business owner, not all your customers are at the same place in the process. And so how do you sort of come up with content and where do you put that content to match each of those different places or stages in the process? Yeah, well, I mean, obviously, I, I'm incredibly biased towards Demand Jump. Um, it's it's a phenomenal tool that really solves for that. Um, so, I mean, Demand Jump is one of the best places to look for search intent, and that should really be an important part of it. It it gets a bad rap, uh, but we know that behavior data is significantly more powerful than observational or survey data. So, if all you're thinking about as a small business owner is what you see and hear. Um, in the network, then you're missing out on a huge chunk of what your buyers are really thinking because they'll tell you one thing because maybe they're afraid to admit that they don't know. So if you use a tool like Demand Jump or others to understand what people are really searching for, then your content's going to connect and you as a thought leader, as a small business owner, are going to answer questions better in person as well. So there's just so much value in understanding what people search for online and aligning your content with it. As you were saying that, I was thinking back to some research, and this goes back way, way. If you ask people what magazines they read or what newspapers they read, they'll tell you the New York Times, the Washington Post, the Wall Street Journal. But if you actually look at 
magazines that are being purchased, you get a lot of National Enquirer, but nobody admits that they buy that publication. Yeah, yeah. And like, if you remember five or six years ago, Netflix had to ha used to have your cue towards the top. They recognized mm -hmm. that by focusing on behavior data and what people were actually watching and making those recommendations first, people stayed on Netflix longer. Netflix does pretty well. Mm -hmm. um, so there is definitely a lot to be said for that model. And, and that just speaks to your point. Amazon is similar. What they serve you is based on what you buy, what goes in your cart, not just what you look at or what you say is important to you. My husband and I shared an Amazon account when Amazon was really just books way back. And it was always funny when he would log on and they would be making recommendations based on what I was purchasing because it was one account. And that was, I think, the first time I really saw the, the power of those recommendations and that data collection, but also where there were flaws if people weren't using tools the way you thought they were going to be used. Mm -hmm. And so having checks and balances, I think, is really important. So if I am lining up my content and I kind of I'm using a tool to help me figure out what are people really looking at, what pages, what keyword searches are really rising to the top. How do I then start creating content that aligns with that? Yeah, yes, that's a great question. I mean, the first place is like, you just got to get started. So there are phenomenal content writers on the market. So if you've got the ability, outsourcing your content marketing makes a ton of sense. Um, once you've identified what you're going to be writing to align with those content, um, to align your content, you know, get on the website. We're huge advocates of the pillar page strategy. So really focusing on a couple of key topics and then driving as much of your traffic towards those key topics as possible. So with a pillar for those people that are not familiar with that concept, the idea is that you create a page that is relevant for each of your kind of big buckets. If you have three or four product categories, three or four areas of expertise, and that page needs to be really beefy, but then you want to link back to it from other pages. Mm -hmm. Yep. And if you've got, you know, depending on the services and products that you offer, if you can get a sub pillar below those pillars, that really helps with the organization. And again, it just all gets back to that point of the buying process isn't linear anymore. People have different questions at different points of the buying journey. And the more of those that you can speak to, the greater trust that they're going to have with you and, and your business. It really is taking the concept of relationship to another level. You know, a lot of small businesses are real firm on relationships and relationship building, and, and these aren't opposed in any way, shape, or form. Um, in fact, it makes for those richer relationships because you're recognizing what people are looking for. Absolutely. And I found that if I have a good piece of content that really answers a question, not only is it good in search, but it becomes a really helpful part of my sales process because the question comes up in real conversation. I'm like, oh, I wrote a blog post about mm -hmm. that. Let me send you a link. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. So what other tips for content-based SEO do you have for small business owners? What else should they be thinking about? For small business owners, I think so many of them are just intimidated by the, the prospect of, of content marketing. So if you haven't started, get started. 
and and that's often the hardest step. If you have started, um, you should absolutely be using a tool like Demand Jump or something else to align those efforts um, with search. And I think we see with small businesses, especially they get burnt out on blogs because they're like, I know this space better than anybody. And so they're just blogging their minds away for six months to a year and seeing so little results from it. Um, because there's, there's not an SEO, um, intent behind it. Mm -hmm. And so you're not getting found, you're not seeing leads come from it. Um, and so you get burnt out. So um, really make sure those blogging efforts um, pay off with you for you by aligning your content marketing with um, what's going to rank. That is really valid. This idea that you're not writing about what you had for breakfast. You're not just stream of consciousness. If this is a business blog, you need to treat it the way you would any other business marketing. There has to be a plan. When someone reads this, what do I want them to do next? And where do they go? And how does it fit in my overall process? Yes. Yeah. And with your blog, it's not linear again. So mm -hmm. you don't have to think of it as like a series. And we post on this last week, you know, if, if you've got good content, good expertise um, for you, get it on your website. Like don't mm -hmm. let it sit anywhere else. Like 90 per, more than 90% of web pages and blogs don't get read. Um, so make sure it's got an SEO foundation for sure. And also, you know, get it out there. I've mm -hmm. talked to many people who had all this great expertise in their heads and it's just stuck there. So, you know, get started and, mm -hmm. uh, and get, get your expertise and your services to the right people. Awesome. Ryan, this has been terrific. Thank you so much for being a part of the show. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. We're going to make sure that there's a link to Demand Jump in the show notes, and we'll encourage people to check it out and learn more. So if you're feeling a little bit overwhelmed by content marketing and you're not sure where to go next, go to Demand Jump and check it out. If you've enjoyed today's conversation, if you'd like to find other resources for your business, be sure to check out digitaltoolbox.club. Look for MTFW wherever you listen to podcasts. This has been another episode of More Than A Few Words. Thanks for listening.